0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Black in Science. Before we dive in, there are a few disclaimers I'd like to make. So first things first, these episodes are recorded virtually from the comfort of our own homes, so you may hear some ambient noises like a dog barking in the background or a train going by, and these are all uncontrollable factors of the environments we live in. So please try your best to do what I do and just tune them out. Secondly, these interviews are recorded utilizing modern-day technology, which can have the occasional glitch, so you may hear some lag either in my responses or that of the guests I'm talking to, but I promise you, they do not take away from the overall story being shared. So without further ado, a list get started. On today's episode, I sat down with Dr. Jalal Hayes, who is currently an assistant professor of chemistry at Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. Throughout the interview, Dr. Jaw recounts his childhood while growing up in North Philly before sharing his perspective on entering undergrad at the age of 15. Dr. Jaw also discusses his PhD dissertation work in applied chemistry while attending Delaware State University before sharing the details of his new clean energy startup company. You guys, I'm so glad I get to open season two with this amazing conversation. Dr. Jha is one of the realest people I've had the pleasure of talking to so far, and he's got so much wisdom to share for someone so young. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So with that being said, let's get into it. All right, so welcome to Black and Science, Dr. Hayes. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Nah, thank you for having me. Of
0: course. So to start things off, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us your name, where you're currently located, and where you grew
1: up. Sure. So my name is Dr. Jalal A. Hayes, also known as Dr. John community, I'm currently located in Dover, Delaware, literally eight minutes from my. I'm a. I'm a of Delaware State University, but I'm originally from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm a North Philly guy.
0: So, um, how was growing up for you in North Philly?
1: So growing up in me in North Philadelphia was, um, I always try to describe it as dreams and nightmares. So it was a dream because I grew up with two educators. My mom is a K to 12 school teacher slash school librarian. My father handled public libraries and also transitioned over to higher ed. So that's what he does currently. I think yeah, he currently, I think in the public sector, higher ed, he always switches off. But I've been, grew up with two educators Majority of my life not scientists but educators like they was really in the books. So that's why I said it was a dream So if I went in my house today um, My parents house, it would be like Harvard University. It's like a lot. They got their own library So it's like library books is all over the place, but that's how I grew up. I always grew up around information So what people don't realize librarians are like the human Googler So before Google was you had to talk to them and they will tell you anything about a book um, or any subject and they'll it you to a book, so that was the dream. Like, I was around information all day as everybody is today. The nightmare was I stepped outside of my my house and like any inner city, any blue collar town, you know, you're gonna see a lot of illicit things in the neighborhood, Um, things I'm not gonna mention here, but you know, that that was essentially like the nightmare that I saw and I would say I participated in a little bit, you know, as a team, because it's inevitable. But overall, yeah, it, it, overall, I would say that's that's the best way I can describe it. It's like dreams and nightmares. Like I had to be two people at one time.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, living in that type of environment will do that to you. So definitely, it's <laughs> completely understandable. So, what made you get into science? Were you always intrigued, or was there a specific person or experience that kind of got you going?
1: Um, I danced around a little bit, but what made me actually focus into science? was my eighth grade science project. So when I was my science teacher, who was like an Italian science teacher, she told us that for, it was weird, around December, we're going to do a Black history project on a scientist that nobody heard about, right? So you're condoned on George Washington Carver, Benjamin Banneker, all of the well-known ones. So I said, okay, George Washington Carver is my favorite. I can't do it on him, so let me do some research and see who I can do it on. Did some research and I stumbled upon this guy by the name of uh, Dr. Jesse Ernest Wilkins Jr. Now this guy, he was a mathematician, but he grew, but he graduated high school age 13, and then he graduated cop, uh, with his PhD at the age of 19, then he worked on a Manhattan Project. And I think somewhere along the line, he studied on the, um, Einstein, so he's like Einstein protege. Black guy nobody really knew about, right? But the beautiful thing I learned about him was he went to Howard University, helped with their graduate program, I think either a physics or mathematics, because he got his PhD in math, but then he went and got a master's in uh, physics later on. And he helped produce 13 black women, um, majority of them women, mathematicians from the school. And that inspired me to, I said, I don't know if I'm gonna do something similar to that, but I wanna do something like that. And that, he inspired me as a mathematician and a physicist to explore. Now, I wanted to be a mathematician. I first wanted to be a medical doctor cause my parents told me I would you know typical. But after reading history, I wanted to be a mathematician, so I was trying to do real good in math. But now I stumbled upon chemistry in the tenth grade, and I fell in love with it because of two things. One, I had two black female uh, chemistry teacher. One I think was my lab professor. Another one was my lecture professor in high school. My lab professor, graduated, I think she was from Hampton University, and she was like aunt uh-uh, to me. Like we called Miss Pepper, but she was we was like she was like auntie because the way she talked really made sure we got the information. And then Miss Peters, which was my lecture, she was the same way, and it, it was just beautiful to see. I guess that STEM identity piece, which I'm now hearing. I had that in chemistry then when I went off to Lincoln, it just stayed with me in chemistry. It's just so that when I see chemists, I see black people.
0: So it was
1: like, I guess this is this is why this is what I want to do. But honestly, the, the chemistry aspect, not just that. I love the whole mix chemicals and how chemistry is a central science. I mean, it's like the mixy of all the sciences It could touch everybody. Like if I kick with biology, I'm a biochemist, I'm gonna kick with physics, I'm a physical chemist with that piece if i'm engineer i'm chemical engineer so i like that aspect of it like you could touch any other science disciplines and you still chemistry and that that's how i look at myself so on a personal level that's how i got into science like just through that science project one but step with it in temporary two.
0: awesome i love it i love that representation
1: that helped too mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> i can't complain at all like it really was like my like my my aunties like it was but they were chemists. It was like, wow, mm-hmm. you really taught like me. And you, you can, you can do chemistry at the same time. Like that's how I would to be. That's, I guess that's how I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. So when did you end up graduating from high school?
1: Um, I graduated high school at 15, August 1st, 2008.
0: Lord 15. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I graduated high school at age uh 15 and it was, it was a that was a journey all in itself because well, a lot of people don't realize I didn't do it where you see a lot of prodigies. Now they graduated in homes. Mine was a little like opposition turned to opportunities, meaning that the opposition was I was literally supposed to graduate six years from high school rather than two. And because of the circumstances I got in, my parents being educators, they created a pathway for allowing me to graduate in two years and that pathway required a lot of work ethic. So out of all my family, I consider myself the workhorse. So I'm the one that hustled his way to the top. My, my sister, my older brother, my younger brother, they the ones that could test out of anything. So I didn't do that route. I did the other route where I just grinded, got all the credits, and they said, oh, 23 and a half, that's what you need to graduate. Oh, you got 21, 23 and a half? Okay, you can graduate. That's, that was my way. So that's how I graduated within two years. Age at age fifteen, from Norfolk.
0: That's mighty impressive. Obviously,
1: <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate,
0: and I I appreciate the fact that you said you worked for it and you worked mm-hmm. hard for it because I feel like you meet these people who are, are, you know, gifted or intelligent, blah 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 blah. But once they reach a certain point, you know, intelligence will only get you so far, and then comes mm-hmm. the hard work. So I think that's commendable.
1: Well, thank thank you for saying that and. You know, I, I truly believe that a lot of them, I think, that's that's very, very key. Like, I, I'm, one of them is my mentee. He went to the guy they said that he was trying to get recruited by Harvard Yale, but he fame you. I met that young guy two years ago. And because of another person who did my journey um, back when I did it back in 2008, he said, yo, Ja, I think you need to mentor him. And met him, real cool guy, real humble, talked about his journey and he had a similar background as mine. And I'm glad that he chose HBCU. So there's some guys that's still out there, that work hard, but you know, the other ones, I, I just hope that they they learn sooner than later that it's another, one. you, you got it. Like what you just said, it, that work, that intelligence only gonna take you so far, that gift. You got to really learn how to work and understand how the world works.
0: Yep, very true so after you finished high school at 15 did you go into college right after that did you take some time off in between no
1: I went straight literally this is how my journey went I got graduated August 1st 2008 I got accepted to college August 1st 2008 so and I started college 19 days later so wow. I always like since my journey since we made I made the decision my journey been on the go until i think literally when i turned 20 26. so i've been going for a minute and for like 11 years straight so <laughs> yeah, it is my my life moving like that is such like even with grad school but we'll get into that but my life been just movement. to answer your question
0: okay so you started at where did you end up going for undergrad
1: i went to D. link university of pennsylvania the first degree granting HBCU in all of America, United States of America, uh, founded in 1854 um, as Ashman Institute. I went there, um, Lincoln Lions. Yeah, that's my that's my first alma mater. And that's where I went to pursue a degree in chemistry as well as history as well. A lot of people don't know I got a history degree, but yeah, I pursued my degree in chemistry and I loved it. Um, I loved it, but to answer your question, yeah, I. That's where I went, my first HBCU. i mm-hmm. get the second one later, but my first HBCU was Lincoln University.
0: And how was that experience
1: for you? Beautiful. So I was a Lincoln legacy. So my father graduated, my mother graduated, and then my older brother went there. So to me, it was like home. And I already knew a lot of the professors. And the professors at the time, I know my, uh, my chair of the department, he was a graduate of Lincoln. So it was a lot of people that went and came back, you know, traditional HBCU education. So they went and came back and I, I just loved it because it felt like home. It was already home away from home um, because of my, my parents and we visit there a lot of times, but it was home for me because now I get the experience, what it's like to be around black excellence, especially in the sciences, because when I went and joined the chemistry department as a major, I realized, They had the most black professors so it was a black inorganic professor a black um analytical professor a black physical chemist and then it was a black uh i think it was a biochemist but two of them were black women which was a a mommy of what i dealt with in 10th grade so i was like okay i'm cool then i mean they they gave me rigor like any other, you know, but that was because of the identity piece. There's like, you know, it's not a lot of us. I would, I'm drilling you because I'm trying to prepare you for this, this world you're about to compete in, in this which looking back, I'm thankful for that training, but academic wise, it was great. College life was, was beautiful as well. Just being around fam, like a family oriented camp, especially being a small HBCU at that. So it was, it was a great experience for the three years I was there. Now graduated, a dual major chemistry with well, chemistry and history, minor in mathematics.
0: And how was? Did you live on campus while you were yes,
1: there? Yes, I it. I was crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what? What I tell people back then, I didn't even know it was an early entrant program. Like they said, yeah. They said, well, you probably did early entrant. I said, what is that? They said, well, you know, they got the older, smart kids, the the, the younger ones. They got them in a the group on this. I said. Well, I must have missed that plane because I was with the people. I was with the people. Like I was, I was literally in the dorm, freshman dorm. It wasn't no exclusion or nothing. I was literally mixing with the people, but I enjoyed it because they knew of my age and they knew to protect me from certain things, especially to protect they mind. Because I was, they used to nickname me, I guess, a genius. They used to call me jailbait at the same time because they knew <laughs> I'm not messing with you. You ain't get me locked up. So because of that, I could say I felt like if you would watch a documentary, I remember watching Kobe Bryant's documentary, Mamba. And what he said when well, he was in the NBA at 17, where everybody was his party, he was in his room studying. That was me. So I was the guy just studying and making sure that. Um, I just stayed on top of my work. I mean, I party every now. I party throughout the the times, the places I could go. But I the majority of the time, I just stick to the books.
0: Good. That's what you want to hear.
1: <laughs> I just looked to the book, which, which I could, like. which I would never take that back away from my Because if I was 18, I'd definitely be outside. I'm not even going to lie. Because it it'll look great fun. But because the age restriction, I'm glad that I did it during that time.
0: Yeah, I agree. I always... When you hear about, you know, kids going to college young, 15, 14 years, like, oh, my God, Mm. what are they seeing? (laughs) What are they experiencing?
1: (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Because it's it's full blown. But I think to me, it was like, eh, I guess because I grew up in a neighborhood where you see see it all the time. So it's like, oh, that's what it is. Okay, cool. I I really felt like sometimes I got to check myself. Like, I kept feeling like I was their age sometimes. But. I had to realize, no, Jai, you you three years younger, like you you mad young. You gotta relax. So, it it was because of the experiences I had throughout my childhood, and by the time I got to college, it was like okay, but I still had to remind myself, yo, you you young. You gotta relax. Like you will get people in some trouble, and you will get in trouble. So, I I just stuck to the books and doing doing other things um that kept me out of the trouble.
0: And I'm glad you had that mentality going in too.
1: Yeah, it had to <laughs> to save my butt. So definitely.
0: So did you end up doing any undergraduate research while you were there?
1: Um, I did I did do some undergraduate research. I um study under this guy by Dr. Um Dr. Swinton. He's probably he's a dean at class now, but he was my professor during the time at Lincoln. He was a Lincoln graduate as well. He took me under his wing and we did some um analytical chemistry research i think i did it in junior junior year and i did it in senior year i did on campus research i didn't really get into like i guess it was undergraduate slash i had this medium of research between my undergraduate and graduate journey to get into my graduate journey when i was at howard um howard university which i did it through nasa um, they had a nasa university research center so that's when i really started getting into research, but I did lab research and theirs was like field research where we go outside and do the field research. So I had a little bit of both, but I didn't get that until I was like 17, 18 and I was on my way out the door then.
0: So you graduated as a double major in three years. Yeah. Which, okay. So what did you end up doing after that?
1: Okay. So here go the fast track. So I graduated May 1st, 2011, literally 10 years ago and five days later, no, four days later, I got set into the Howard, um, the NASA internship that was May 5th. And then I started, I mean, at the Memorial Day. So it was that those three weeks I was getting my paperwork process and then I got into the internship. That was from there, I did the internship for about three months. And I liked it. I really loved it. I learned um, climate change. So the stuff that we're doing now, it's climate change slash atmospheric chemistry, which I was studying chemistry, the contaminant, the particulate matter. Let me get it straight. The particulate matter at 2.5 micro, uh, micrometers. I was studying that. What was the percentage of NOx, sulfide in the air, black carbon, things of that nature. I was studying all the contaminants in the air and also how it affects the ozone layer. So the troposphere, the stratosphere, then the atmosphere which is the overall studied all of that along with a little bit of meteorology with the cloud chemistry so i was around we literally was studying climate like on on a whole different level which was a different range for me because i never thought i would study but i'm glad i did because it took me into my research at delaware state university but I, i studied i did research in that for about three months which was again a federally funded program with NASA and a Maryland Department of Environment, as well as with Howard University.
0: Wow! Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it,
1: it was cool. We we launched weather balloons every day. It was cool. Like we had to study the the AQI, the air quality index. So we had to see um, if you look at your iPhone, a little thing that says AQI, so which is green, red, and yellow. Um if it was yellow and red, that means we're gonna work that day because we want to <laughs> capture what was operating. It was green land. Nah, we not working. So low-key back then. I was like, I hope we get like a green day. But <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna like go outside today because it, it was hot, hot. So it was like I hope they like dogs nah, red, we're going outside today. We gotta launch these balloons. I was like, Dang. So we had to blow up the balloon, tattoo. Um ozone sign to it, which is the transmitter that captures all the o3 it was cool but it, it it was a cool experience i i would i went to trade trade and traded, traded. i wish anybody do it i don't know if they still got the program but i wish anybody to do that that's it was cool and that was when i think howard launched the phd atmospheric science program too back around that time mm-hmm. they literally i think launched it which is popular now because you see climate change so it was just like wow i remember i was a part of that it was cool
0: So after you finished your three month internship, what did you end up doing after that?
1: I transitioned over to grad school. So I applied to grad school in December, got accepted in February. And I was just, I guess, and I knew it was starting in August. So we got, I got done my internship in August, um, August 4th to be exact, 2011. And then I was just preparing for grad school. So Grad school started August 22nd. So, yeah, so I, I was just preparing for grad school, making sure all the paperwork was right, my transcript and everything was good to start my PhD program. So, I got accepted into the PhD program in February to start in August and got to study under um, the legendary professor at Delaware State by um, Dr. Andrew Gowdy. He's a university Pitt grad, but went over to Delaware State launched the department energy program for hydrogen storage so that's the work that i did throughout my phd program hydrogen storage and production so did that for four years so 2011 yep four years 2011 2015.
0: all right and would you mind going into a little more detail about your dissertation work
1: sure so for those who want to look it up um my dissertation is uh thermodynamic and kinetic properties of alkali metal dope Lithium, amine, magnesium, hydride, hydrogen storage system. Um, what that is, is I study the flow of heat and as well as the kinetic parameters of three different types of hydrogen storage systems, which are all chemical. And um, in the, in the three different types are they the same system, but different catalysts too. And we was basically trying to find which one works best if we would do a practical application. What you see in the news today what would be best for cars or what would be best for, what we call onboarding applications. It was cool because my advisor explained that in the such that the engineers build the tanks. We build the materials that go in the tanks to absorb the hydrogen and release the hydrogen. So we actually studying the key ingredient that everybody needs. And then we hand it to the engineers to build around it. So essentially that's what I did for four years. Out of those, um, we found one that was a rubidium hydride, catalyzed, lithium amide, magnesium hydride, hydrogen storage system. We found that one we was working the best at a high temperature. And it was the best catalyst. I mean, it was the best system, lithium amide, magnesium hydride for United States Department of Energy. That was the one they they really want to work, right? That, that particular chemical. And we found a catalyst to it that made it a little bit better. And so we were lucky enough to file for a patent and a publication simultaneously. We got the publication, but the patent was granted in 2017. And so throughout that time, though, I was building on that because I started with the guy, you know, when you get into a lab, you got to work under the senior personnel and he get his first author. I was I want my first author. So I did I did that first paper. I was acting for my first paper, but the other, I got first author on, which, thank you for that. So I worked, I'll build on other catalysts to, to develop a comparative analysis on it. So that when I roll out my dissertation, the main one in the middle is rubidium hydride. That was the main one we were focusing on. The other two, which is potassium hydride. And the reason why I'm focused on those, those are the alkali metals, for those who don't know chemistry. So that's the potassium, rubidium, and then we worked on the cesium. So we worked on those three. The middle one we knew was the best. The potassium one we already knew with the literature already. And then the cesium one, we was like, hey, let's try it out. We already made the catalyst. Why not? So that's that's how I put together my dissertation on um, the graduate. It was a lot of work. It, it sounds easy, but it was it was, I had to make the catalyst and then make the system and then test the system. So and any of that process was messed up. It's like organic chemistry. If you mess up the product and the characterization, gonna be all wrong. So you gonna be bad because you like that guy start from square one. That's how I felt with the last two.
0: Yeah, jeez, you said it, it. sounds easy. It did not sound easy at all to me. <laughs> I
1: don't know. You know, I I, I don't know who's listening. So I just want to make sure it's, it's hell. You know, it is is really it was a journey. I would say that it definitely was a journey.
0: So you finished your PhD when?
1: I finished my PhD in four years, so I defended in June 17th, 2015.
0: Okay. And did you end up doing a postdoc after?
1: I didn't. So my journey is a little different. I didn't want to do a postdoc. I tried, but after talking to my mentor, I realized I didn't want to because in the sense of I had publications already. Um, I had like five in grad school. So it was like, he was like, I mean, you could do one, but... I rather you go um, I suggest you do another route and after doing reflection I said, let me get into education because I did a lot of research I, and I saw from 18 to 22 and I maxed out each research. the things I didn't tell you I did travel because of the papers I was able to go to conferences, did oral and poster presentations, which is another publication so I had a lot of uh, publications coming through. And so when I graduated, I said, well, let me work on my teaching just in case I wanted to be a a professor. I just wanted to change, just switch it up a little bit. I was like, I did research. It's cool. But I'm not a lab person. I do lab work. But if I had to choose, I like talking to the people. But I need to work on how I communicate the information to the people. So that's why I went into education, start out high school. And then now I'm in higher ed.
0: So that's what I did
1: when I graduated. After I graduated, I went straight into becoming a high school science teacher, which probably sound abnormal to such, but you know that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go government because I I was like, dang, I worked with NASA, so I don't I don't want to do that. It's just weird for me. They're like, you work in the government? I, said, I did it. I mean, I did that. I, said, I did a little bit of corporate through my internship, like little here, little there. Let me explore the education because that's the one I didn't do. I said, but I want to make sure I get it right. So I'm going straight to be high school science teacher.
0: Cool. So where are you teaching now and what are you teaching?
1: I'm an assistant professor at Lincoln University of Pennsylvania. I'm back home. And I teach general chemistry because uh, I like to connect to the students that's coming out of high school and really want to know what chemistry is. But I also teach a higher level my specialty, which is physical chemistry, one and two.
0: Awesome. That's yeah. We need we need more professors like that who are willing to one engage the new people who may not necessarily know for sure if that's the route they want to take. and Basically stimulate their minds a little bit and also those who are more advanced. I,
1: I love I love it. I I actually love the the intro in the general, in my opinion, because that's where I get the, uh, and that's what I learned from high um being a high school teacher. I get to learn to. Figure out how to engage somebody to be a scientist. That's that's the fun part for me. I want to see like, well, why you don't like chemistry? Like, what's up with that? Let's have a conversation. Why? Why not chemistry? You don't want to be with biology. You be no to anybody that is. But you, come on, let's 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 do some chemistry. Why not? Let's let's have a conversation. Is it the math you don't like? What what is it? So I like engaging in that part, um, and that's the mentorship piece and just having a conversation with them. And once we figure out why not or why. Let's try to demystify that. So even if you don't come this way in chemistry, you at least know it's not that it's not that bad as people try to make it out to be. It's just it just got little numbers and stuff, but we we'll work on that.
0: Yeah, I we definitely need more professors like you because I hated <laughs> I hated chemistry. And I will openly admit is because I didn't under I didn't understand it and I didn't have like I was in a large lecture hall with 200 plus students, so we didn't have that uh, yeah, I didn't have that one on one connection with a professor who really, you know, went out of their way to help me. So it wasn't until I took biochem because I was a bio major and I was like, I don't understand why I need to know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then relating it back, everything starts with chemistry. So I was like, "Oh, okay." Once you connect the dots, then that piqued my interest, and it was because I had a professor who sat down with me and was like, "Hey, let's talk about this." Is and maybe that- get, intrigue you more, and it, it worked. So yes,
1: and it's also I think the way it's taught too, because chemistry is nothing more than just relationships on of elements on a periodic table. That's all it is. As the as you the higher you go. It's just understanding that relationship from a different lens. Like, organic is all about carbon. The majority is all about carbon. They nickname it carbon chemistry. Inorganic is everything but carbon. They don't care about carbon. And then, as you go up, physical chemistry, the physical aspect. So, you're studying more thermodynamics and heat. You're not really getting into the equations like you did in the first two. So analytical is more like a stack class for chemistry. So, I try to make it as oh, okay, like, you di- got to make it digestible. You can't just start talking theory and expect people to understand it. They, the, the average human brain only going to pay attention. Like, five seconds, if they don't understand, it checks out. The the other people trying to get it, you got them for, like, uh, another probably 10 or 15, and they check out. They're like, I'll read this later. And that, so, but I learned all this in high school. So I I learned, like, now nah, I got to get that if five to ten minutes and not, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> yep. Lost cause. <laughs> like like I can be talking act like I'm doing something. They be like, they they just looking at you like, oh, okay, all right. You got how much time you got? We got 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I but it's just things I learned from being at high school. That's why I wanted to teach at high school, because when I got to the higher ed, I could see all they mannerisms and the body. I study all that. Well I'm teaching, I can see everything. So I can say, all right. I'm boring them today. Okay. Or, okay, they really engaged because they y'all asking me questions. If I don't get a question asked, I get mad. I don't understand how professors don't, when, when or, or they get mad when somebody asks a question. That's like, nah, that bees, they checked out, bro. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's one short-term future goal you have for yourself and one long-term?
1: If you're talking about five to 10, so twenty, my 2025 goal is to be in a space where I'm doing well in research and the research is in the marketplace because I believe, um, especially now, the STEM economy is alive more than ever. Um, The STEM economy, I'm not just talking about tech. I'm talking about science, engineering, mathematics, because I see as 2020 hits. So I want to make sure that I do research or work on things that are entering the market so my students can see, oh, what we're working on is, is relevant and it's important. Um, the 10-year goal is to produce at least one or two people in the field, either in the entrepreneurial space of it, they create an own company based off of uh, STEM principles, or they would do it in an employer space, but they have an entrepreneurial mindset tackling Because it. it's heavily needed now more than ever. And we talk about the STEM economy. No more cookie cutter Here's the protocol. They're really looking for people who are trying to be problem solvers. And, I'm no, and I am know this from, I'm, I'm listening to NSF every day, <laughs> listening to NIH every day, and the world is flipping to where we need active problem solvers, especially in the United States and America, and we need more diverse, particularly Black women and um, Black men and also um, Asian and other communities, but we need more of a diverse population to tackle these problems, and we need them in the workforce ASAP. So that's my, that's how I'm teaching, and that's how I'm learning, yeah, this is cool, but we can't do theory. We got to get into the practical world. So everything I'm telling you, yes, you can apply it. From the chemistry, general chemistry to P-Chem, you can apply it. I don't want to hear Dr. Hayes, I don't understand how this got to do with, no. Everything I'm telling you, they need it. I'm telling you, I'm I'm on the calls every day, literally every day. They need you. I need you. Go do your thing. But I want to make sure you got the right principles from five to 10 years. So that's that's my goal. But that's for the students. Personally, for me, 10 years, I want to be something like an academic entrepreneur where, like I said, I got my foot in academia and marketplace and not. I'll be in a marketplace, but still mentor students like I'm still in academia. But I can show them because I learned one thing: people watch what you do; they really don't care about what you say. So they rather see you doing it and ask you how you did it, rather than just say, "Okay, that's that's nice." Because I I noticed that, especially in academia, where they draw to the professor that's in the field rather than somebody who just telling them, "Well, let me look and get you an internship." And that that at work working now. They would say, "Oh, I." I saw you connected with them. That's who they would talk to. They would talk to the person sitting there and playing background music and say, don't bother me. Shut the door when they try to eat lunchtime. They don't want to deal with that person.
0: So you said you want to look into, um, you are a STEM entrepreneur. So is there a specific mm-hmm. route you want to take with that?
1: Yeah, so I'm doing it now. So I have a clean energy startup. I launched it um, November 2020. Um, it's called Elite Energy. That's the when we got the patent. My plan was after that was to spin it out into a company, but I was just waiting on wind because cause at the time, everybody talked about solar, wind, battery. I didn't know hydrogen was on the table in the United States market because of, uh, President Joe Biden, as of this year, he put it on the table and said, hydrogen is going to be part of the clean energy plant. So I said, oh, snap, we got to get moving because I already know it has some technology that can probably help out in some way. So that's what we're working on now we in the phase of just doing prototyping. We know it's validated in the market. We did it through customer discovery, but saying what is the prototype, see if it actually works now. So I'm in the space literally right now, as you speak. It's in the baby phases, but I'm in the space.
0: Yeah, at least you got it started.
1: Yeah, you got to, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a $1.2 trillion market. And I hate to see um, underrepresented groups not get into the mix, especially um, African-Americans, which is, I think is 0.5% of energy, people, black people in energy,
0: which is not good enough.
1: It's not. And (laughs) I'm part of the point five, unfortunately. So when I talk to people about it, like, huh? I'm like, dang, I got to remember, we got to get more people in here. So it's a motivation for me to to get black people in the space, give them, not just educate them, but also employ them. So that's my thing. Education to employment, education to entrepreneurship. At least I give you the principles. You can do your own thing and I don't mind navigate you through. Because we need more Black STEM entrepreneurs as well, creating the economy and not just working in it.
0: Amen to that. <laughs> so has the current pandemic had an effect on your work at all?
1: Um, it has. It It's it shifted. So instead of literally working in a lab, I started working on grants more instead of just being the mechanical. I really started looking at, okay, how can I fund this? Because I was uh, bootstrapping as well as writing grants at the same time, which allowed me to get on a few. I think I got one grant, but I'm working on three at three now, which I can do simultaneously cuz I'm in my own element, but I couldn't do that if I was outside the pandemic. So, I say mechanically it probably took a downside, but the writing to get the funding for the for the work, that's the good side cuz I got time. And I and I don't know if I'm ever get it back, but I'm glad I did it throughout that time.
0: Yes, that's awesome. I'm glad you made use of the time at okay. home, I would say.
1: <laughs> that's all we got. <laughs> so I can't play up there before.
0: So, as a Black man in your chosen field, what has your experience been like so far? Has it been mostly positive? Have there been some negatives? I could say
1: there there's some positives, there's also some negatives. So, the negatives, let me start. Yeah, let me start with the negative and then switch over to the positive to vibrate the energy. So, the negatives were. You have people that try to doubt you. Um, I'm not just dealing with racism, but ageism at the same time. So even though I'm young in the field, you you have some older crowd, older STEM professionals, season, seasoned STEM professionals that will try to doubt your talent because they're trying to understand how you got everything so quick. Even though it's valid, like, again, I had publications, so it's not like I just came out of the blue. Like, I've been doing this. But Trying to understand how you do it so fast and everything is so credible and how you get here, like, because I'm here, like, what I'm not understanding your question. But it is just stuff like that. I, I look at now, I laugh about it. Now 28, I'm like, okay, let me just continue to produce and maintain the traction and being relevant as um, a scientist. The pop, the positive is it gave me motivation so. It just showed me to, to continue to reach new heights in and outside my actual field. So within my field, I said, let me work on getting like small grants. Let me learn how to write a grant. Um, in addition to, th- to to prove I can do this to myself, then I was like, okay, let me see if I can do success outside the field. And that's why I did a documentary um, that launched this year. And then I did work on other publications, like my biography, since I know how to write a dissertation. I know how to put a whole book together. So just, just little stuff like that. I was like, let me see what other what are these transferable skills that I obtained? Can I put any use to other places? And then also do outreach. Because I'm a teacher now and I know how to communicate the information, let me see if I can communicate people that are not in, in, in my chosen um, research area and make it sense for them so they can digest the information. So that's what I've done. And, you know, it just gave me motivation. said, so, all right, let me just, I, I, I was cool now, but let me turn it all the way up since you think I can't do nothing. i am You're you going to have to see me. Like, it, it is what it is now. So I don't get bothered by those questions because now I just humbly, I say, well, just Google, see what I've done, and you come back and see if, if it's to your credibility like
0: Yes, I love how you took the positive road on it because you could have just, you know, been bitter about the whole thing, but that's not going to get you anywhere, so. Yeah, I
1: mean, and, and it's just like the scientists, you know, first trial, second trial, you're going to get it off of the fifth trial. Be like, oh, okay, now you got a pattern, you know how to do it. So now it's like, you know, deep inside, I can do this. I don't care what y'all think. I mean, yeah, you can talk, whatever, but you living in the world I'm living in? No, matter of fact, you about to retire in the world I'm living in, Right. So don't worry about what I do, just focus on what you do.
0: So I know you're a big advocate for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So do you think the education and training you received at Lincoln and Delaware State helped prepare you for a career in STEM?
1: Um, absolutely, specifically um, Lincoln University gave me the confidence in just being a black student at a university. Delaware State helped me become a black scientist in the world because my advisor he was an older black gentleman. I think he was. He was fifty years my senior, so he was like my my grandfather in a sense. And he took me under the wing, like you you're like a grandson could be. So, everything I know and done in STEM, in my resume is because of him, literally. So, he introduced me. My first science conference was in Italy, because he had he had friends who were program managers. Uh, Pacific Northwest National Renewable Energy Lab. People that were doing it big in the science field, those were his friends, and they were co-chairs of certain conferences. And he would put my name in because he saw that I could communicate orally. I'm um, not just. I, I said I just want to do the post presentation. He said, "No, nah, I'm gonna put you as an oral." Like he he just put me in places. I was like, "Why did you do that?" I'm just trying to, you know, I like to say it about a poster. People come by and I just talk. He like, nah, you're gonna put you on the stage. You know how to talk. And I was like, dang, man, I'm just trying to play the background. Cause, and, and I said, this is science. This is, I gotta really know what I'm talking about. Cause they go ask me questions. I'm not, I'm not, and these are world-renowned, 50 public Why'd you do this to me? I, I just got one. So he literally put me in environments that helped grow me as a scientist. Conference, that was one scenario. The other scenario, taught me how to write papers. So he was sitting down and say, listen, you write it this way. This is how you get your uh, peer review team together. You don't want to put them on a grant, need them for this. Like he taught me the whole way. And I said, Wow, this, he said, yeah, this is how you move in the slim world. This is this is what you do. And I was just soaking it all in, looking back, like, wow, he really taught me how this thing goes. Um, he said, even after you get the grant, you want to make sure you look at your product lines. Don't you can always rearrange this, but don't touch this one because they thank you for this. So it's just like little things. I wasn't I was just absorbing. I'm now working on that. I'm like, wow, he really trained me to do everything I'm doing now. And people say, wow, by my resume it's because of that guy right there, because he just said, here, pass it. I mean, I'm I'm old. What, what I'm going to do with all this here, like, it's your time now. And I, I thank him because not only gave me the opportunity, but the guys I met later on, he could have just kept it to himself and just bashed me, but he didn't. He took me under the wing and said, "Well, if you believe this is going to happen, we got we got the funds. Let's just make it happen." So I'm 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 thankful. I, I felt like a little spoiled a little bit in my graduate school, but I felt like because of him, I'm the scientist and the reason why I help people the way I am today. Because
0: oh, I love it. Talk to you the ins and outs. Give you all a oh. little valuable tidbits.
1: Every every time, like he usually, whenever whenever he told me shut the door, I already knew he about to, I guess drop me some free gay or how to how to navigate as a black man in slum. So I thank him for that. Looking back, I really do.
0: I love it. That's the stuff you only learn through someone else. You won't find it in a textbook. You won't find it online. You know, mm-hmm. like person to person experience right there.
1: Definitely, just a different type of gave me education inside and outside of the classroom really.
0: So I know you briefly mentioned before that you recently released a documentary. So would you mind telling us what it's about, what the name of it is, and where we can find it?
1: Sure. So my my doc, my recent documentary is Exploding Dreams, a STEAM story. Um, you can find it at explodingdreams.com. And it's essentially about looking at a 10-year span of my journey. So we show what happened before I got accepted the link into taking on this journey on what happened during until I get to speak at University of Oxford. So we tagline the Oxford PA to Oxford UK. So Oxford PA is where Lincoln is at, Oxford UK is where University of Oxford is at. Um, Just basically breaking down one HBCU, any school, any environment, because I highlight me coming from Philadelphia and you could go speak on the stage with notable people representing United States of America in England. Um, that's one thing I highlighted. Another thing was a lot of people talked about my mental in my journey, because you know when you talk about, as you said before, when you look at people, prodigies who did this journey, they act as if, yeah, I got it all together. I'm not gonna lie to you, I did not have it together. As a matter of fact, I was going through ups and downs, um, depression, anxiety. Things of that nature, but I, I literally say, Walk with me and let me show you what this journey of STEM is as a black individual, as a black male. And to end it all off, the main thing I want people to grab from it is a quote I would say, I say, You got to start locally, which I started inner city, started my first HBCU, think universally. Um, so think where you will want to be in the next 5, 10, 15 years. But in the midst of that, once you hit that goal, that where you see yourself, you have to move intentionally. I didn't know what I was doing, but I guess my parents knew. But looking back, every move was intentional. Like, I didn't know 10 years ago, I'll be studying climate change to now speaking about it because I got 10 years experience in the field. And I'm only 28, but I got 10, been doing it for 10 years. So it was like, wow, okay, now I'm understanding the intentional moves that needed to be made in order to be relevant today. It just—it just for those blacks and STEM and the prodigies is coming out now, and for those who want to do my journey, I made the movie for them as well as inspirations for those who are in STEM that came from the similar background. Came from like I'm a Philly guy, like I'm not gonna hide that, but I still can do STEM. I can sit and talk the Lingo and do all that, but at the end of the day, I'm Jive from North Philly. That's that's who I am, and that's what I'm gonna stand on. That's what I'm gonna represent. I put on for myself but I also can do the thing as well and show people they can be themselves. They don't have to change over. Cause I think too many times you get so caught. That's why I like the, the, the doctor and all that. You get so caught up that you forget that girl, you was here, you know what I'm saying? And I never forgot. And so because I did forget it keeps me grounded and understand that, you know, at the end of the day, we become products of our environment, but become, products for in an our environment, and we do that by exploding into our dreams, and that's essentially what it is.
0: Oh, yes, that was beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to check it out.
1: Yeah, you definitely please, please do, and for those who's, who worry about the cost, we try to make this cost feasible as possible. It's $4.99 if you just want to rent it for three days. I think it's three days or two days. I can't remember, but if you want to own it, it's
0: $10. That's reasonable. Come on now.
1: <laughs> I try to put it as, as reasonable as possible. And those who want to support the movement, also there's merch as well. And this was a team effort, all HBCU driven team as well, Delaware State University. Shout out to my guys who helped make this all happen.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. So what are three pieces of advice you'd give someone who's interested in pursuing a similar path as you?
1: Um, first thing, look where you want to be at. So what, yourself what, five to 10 years from now, so if you twenty, if you fifteen, where you see yourself at twenty, where you see yourself at twenty five, um, if you twenty, where you see yourself at twenty five, where you see yourself at thirty, and I'm not talking about I want to be a doctor. I'm not talking about occupation. When you wake up in the morning, you thirty years old, you twenty five years old, you twenty years old. What does it look like? You looking over the ocean view of California? What what does it like? Tell me that. Tell me what your day is. Once you tell me how that whole day is from sun up to sundown. All right, now let's work backward. What occupation gonna give you that lifestyle? And I want something legit. I don't want nothing illegal. I want something legit. So tell me that. I send then from there, what do we gotta do to get to that occupation so you can live that lifestyle? Once we figure that out, now we can work on the steps. And they may change over time going to the times that are changing because it's changing every, I think every three to six months now. So that's what I would tell somebody. Start off with the lifestyle you want to live, then look at the occupation that match it, and then how we gonna to get to that occupation. Cause too many times we say I want to be a doctor, then we get to become a doctor, and then they miserable as hell. <laughs> I'm like, hey, this is what you want? So I don't look at occupation. I look at lifestyle. What how you want to live? Do you, do you wanna do you wanna be 25, ready to be engaged, ready to be like? What does the lifestyle look like? Then we gonna match it with the occupation that match the lifestyle. And then we're gonna look at how we're gonna get to the occupation. Simple. Cause when you do it that way, I think you're gonna be much happier to say we're gonna work for an occupation. It's like saying I wanna make a million dollars. You made it, you still bro, But you made it though. Like you gotta be real specific on how do you want your day to, to flow or your life to flow.
0: Yes, I agree. Especially the yeah, the people who are motivated solely by occupation, but don't even think about how it's gonna impact the lifestyle they want. Like Yeah, I want to be a doctor, but I didn't realize I'm going to be working 15 hour shifts while I'm in residency and I can't take vacation. I can't go home and I'm miserable and upset and all because I said I wanted to be a doctor, even though they wanted a life where they, you know, work nine to five, five days a week. And that's it. And that's not that occupation. So, yes, definitely, definitely more. It, it, definitely it, think about that.
1: You know, the interesting thing about that, Jasmine, is because I, I've noticed this just me being 20 years of life. When you do the occupation, that's for other people to see. you. But if you talk my lifestyle, that's for you to see. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you feel? And that's why I say lifestyle versus because you can say oh, I'm a doctor, but then you be at a dinner party, so oh, I'm a doctor. Oh snap! I gotta be on call. <laughs> that that's what you. I mean, if that's what you want to do, rock out. I'm happy for you. You love you and are you doing your thing. But if you look at lifestyle, that's not what you really want. Okay, what's going to live for you? Because you got to deal with you at the end of the day. That's why I say lifestyle and occupation in that.
0: It's so important. It's more than being able to post on the gram, you know, what you got, your white coat, all that stuff. No, that's not not relevant. That's the least important thing. Is that what you want to do day in, day out? Will you be happy doing that? Does it fit into the life you want for yourself? Ask yourself those questions. Don't look at the pay. Look at that. Don't focus on that. The pay is nice, but don't focus on that. It is
1: relative. I Mm -hmm. mean, it is all relative at the end of the day, but if you ask me.
0: I agree. And especially if you find a lifestyle and then you go off also off what you're interested in. You okay, yeah, you want to be a doctor, but do you really want to be a and this is not a knock to the profession at all? anybody listening? No, at all. I'm just this is the example that we're using. But like, do you really is that what you really want to do? Is that gonna make you feel fulfilled, you know?
1: That part. That part. Cause you can be self-respected, but if you're not if it's if it's not self-fulfilling, then at the end of the day, it's it's like I said, lifestyle over occupation. How do you want to live? Are you happy?
0: Yep, exactly. So do you have any other pieces of advice you want to share?
1: Um I just wanna just share this as well. This is again, I think I already said it before, but I wanna definitely say it again. Um start local, but think universal. One of my mentors uh, said it best, it doesn't cost nothing to dream. So you might as well dream big. The same energy you give towards small goals, you can give that same energy to big goals. It's all the same energy at the end of the day. Because energy is not created, it's destroyed, it's transferred from one thing to the next. So you might as well transition your big energy to the biggest thing you want to do in your world. So that's one thing. And then last but not least, um, just move intentional. Make sure that every move you make You can go to sleep at night one but two you be able to help others with your intentions because if you do things with clear intentions you don't mind giving people um information or i guess mentor them um properly because you know you're giving them with good moral ethics
0: yes that last part very true very true so that was actually all the questions I had for you today. So okay. if you're willing, would you please share either your social media information or your email or both for anyone who may want to reach out with questions?
1: Sure. So uh, you can could, you could reach out to me at Dr. Jah, uh, D-R-J-A-H, at Elite. This is E-L-Y as a yellow, T-E, letter U, Network.com. Again, that's Dr. Jah at E-L-Y-T-E, letter U. Uh, network.com you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at dr j a hayes that's dr dr j a um on both twitter and instagram and if you just want to see um if i have a website you could go www.jalawhays.com and also don't forget to check out the movie exploded dreams at exploded dreams.com
0: perfect is there anything else you'd like to add
1: um Nah, for oh yeah, for those who are um, black and STEM, and those who are HBCU uh, HBCU student, and you and STEM, uh, please don't give up. I live both both of those on my back each and every day, and I'm here to just show y'all that it's possible you can achieve whatever dream you want to do. Um, it's all about just putting your mind to it, because as long as you put your mind to it, as the world we living in today. Rest in peace to all the people who had to die to get to this point, but there are a lot of opportunities out there for you to explore. So explore whatever you think is gonna be fitting you, vibe with that particular energy, vibe with the tribe that's going to support you and just rock out in your career because you, you gotta be happy. I don't, me personally, and this is for just anybody, you can't care what everybody else thinks you got to really do what you feel in your heart is right in regards to your calling and as well as towards yourself and those are my last words
0: and there you have it guys thank you for tuning into another episode of black and science i'd like to thank dr jaw once again for taking the time to participate as a guest on the show if you're interested in learning more about his new documentary or his new startup company i'll make sure to leave links to both websites in the episode's description if you're interested in staying up to date with the latest Black & Science content, feel free to follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore BIS and on Instagram at Black & Science, I'll be posting regular updates on the release of new episodes every other Monday. Lastly, if you're interested in participating as a guest on the show, just send me an email at thepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for all of your love and support, and I'll talk to you guys in the next one.